0: On this week's episode, Henry Cavill could be done as Superman, but in as Commander Shepard. What's on the way for Pokemon fans? And how do we think WandaVision will end? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is sincerely appreciated. Also, don't forget we have content all week long that gets continuously uploaded and streamed live on our Twitch channel, Facebook channel, and also YouTube channel, Pop Culture Cosmos, as well. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. It's our own Josh of Wall Street 2 from Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com plus his shows topic, Topicocalypse and the Super B.S. Gamescast, and also check out his book, which you should buy right now, on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson.
2: What's up, man? What's going on, man? Yeah, it's been a busy week for news. It's just been one thing dropping right after the other, so tell me about it uh yeah i mean and so far most has been pretty like positive news i guess so we haven't had any like negative things in pop culture lately which is good a lot to unpack you know
0: wednesday thursday and friday dropped a huge amount of news on pop culture and i couldn't put it all on the friday show so i thought you know what i'm going to split it best i can between you and marcus so before we go ahead and announce what's going to be on the show today Did you reinvest with GameStop? Because the GameStop stock, after a picture on Instagram by the former Chewy CEO that's now on the GameStop board, all he did was post a picture of a McDonald's ice cream. The GameStop stock went up again.
2: So I'm I'm hearing different versions of this. Like I, I, I heard about the ice cream story and then, you know, doing some research on it. The GameStop stock war has been like a war of, of calls, right? There's like put calls and stop calls. And these hedge funds have been putting put calls on there and they're basically trying to like drive the price. It's basically like gambling. I'm going to bet the price is going to reach this, this, or this. And then if it doesn't, they have, or if it reaches, if it doesn't reach that, they have to pay, you know, a certain amount of money to pay for their calls, right? from what I understand, a lot of their call options expired. So a lot of these hedge funds were trying to scramble to get this money and then paying for all this stuff was was what was causing the the price to go back up. Luckily, and I still don't know. Nobody knows, you know. I'm sure somebody knows, but there's, you know, after all the stuff with Robin Hood and Congress and the guy from uh, Reddit that originally like championed GameStop, and there's just there's so much going on here. Nobody knows exactly what's happening, but the theory is that like around March 9th, there's going to be another like GameStop kind of taken off again because that's when all these call options expire for both like the redditors and the people on on the the hedge funds. So, so I was sitting on a half a share from the last time it, it went to the moon. And then once it dropped down to $40, I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick up a couple more just because I'm hearing, you know, just from all like the stuff with Congress, all the like the hearings and all that, that like GameStop still has a lot of unexplored potential. So I picked up two shares there. So I was sitting on two and a half shares when it started to like slowly go up. So I made about $300 and I sold my half share that I had. Yeah, the half share I was still sitting on. I sold that, which basically paid for my investment, my original two investments, and then a little bit of extra. So right now, I'm still sitting on two shares, and you know, assuming that it like takes off again, I'm gonna hang on to them until that happens. But other than that, like it was basically like free stocks. You know, I didn't. I took out what I spent on them, and you now I'm just kind of sitting on what's left here.
0: Do you hear that? Do you hear that outside your door, right there? It, that does, that's the IRS. <laughs> just wanted to let you know.
2: I so I'm I've I haven't been doing like investing based on redditing these are just like stuff that i had this is just like gut instinct investing i've been doing and like it seemed to pay off this time but i mean i yeah i got curious to see what the reason for it mooning was and all these people on reddit just can't seem to like agree with what's happening so i don't know man we'll see what happens with it if march 9th rolls around it takes off again then maybe there is something to like the call options having to be paid for and all that but who knows
0: Well, I'm certainly glad that you have taken advantage of it, my friend. I'm certainly glad that you're successful from it. And I wish you continued success with GameStop and all the investors. But please, when you do so, please be careful about it. Make sure that you're not losing your savings or anything Mm -hmm. of that nature. Just make, make sure you're doing it smart. But I'm hoping as well that all this attention on GameStop will actually help the company itself well yeah i i know you and i have over the years just ripped gamestop Mm -hmm. mercilessly but if they leave if they close down if they shut down operations like we will talk about at the back end of the show about another electronics retailer i mean that's bad news for gamers right there i mean yeah sure we can download everything but just to not have gamestop around in any form would kind of suck
2: yeah well in this time Unlike last time, you know, the CEO of GameStop actually said something, you know, during the last rise, the meteoric rise of GameStop stock, nobody said anything. And this time, you know, not only did the CEO say something, but then there's like news about the firing of the CFO. And from what I am understanding, like I'm reading a lot of stuff about GameStop as a company and the, I read something crazy like they laid off like 60 percent of their employees before they even sold their private jet like that seems insane to me no wonder the company's not doing well
0: and the amc chief got a big bonus even though you know everybody right. knows what's going on with yeah. the theater so it's just a crazy world out there in investing but please just be safe and just be smart and continue success for you my friend in the world of wall street Thank you. There you go. You're going to be next Leonardo DiCaprio there. All right. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully but it's no gonna be eagle. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But it's going to be a great show we have for everyone today. We're going to be talking Henry Cavill. He leaked out something that Josh and I are particularly interested in. What could it be? Well, it may be a turn as Commander Shepard coming up here. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Henry Cavill again. This time, possibly not being Superman much longer as a new Superman story is being developed by JJ Abrams. And we'll talk about the new writer that's come in and why that's important coming up on the show as well. Sony State of Play. Outside of Final Fantasy 7 news, was there anything to Sony State of Play? I'll ask Josh his opinion on that. Pokemon Presents, they had a couple big reveals. We'll talk about that. Of course, we will be hitting WandaVision Episode 8 in this hour. There is going to be a little bit of spoilers, but you know what? We're actually going to go more instead of talk about the episode eight as much. We're going to talk about what we may see in episode nine. So we'll talk about episode eight and nine coming up on the back half of the show as well. Anthem and Fry's Electronics, as I talked about just a second ago. Rest in peace. They're both gone the way of the Dodo. We'll talk about that coming up on the back half of the show. And of course, we got part two of a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame discussion with Mike Faber from the ESO Network and Kelvin Eldridge from the Flopcast as we talk about who got snubbed from consideration from this year's honorees. But my friend, there's still so much to talk about on today's show. This week, on the back half of the week, CBS All Access will go,
3: boop, 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 boop,
0: go away itself, but Paramount Plus boop, 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 will come in its place with a whole bunch of new content coming on the way I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. When it comes to Paramount Plus, they're adding a whole bunch of new stuff, including an all new Beavis and Butthead movie. The Halo TV series, where Viacom CBS announces it's being moved over from Showtime to Paramount Plus. There's going to be a Frasier revival, and that got a lot of news because of Kelsey Grammer's coming back into the role. Rugrats reboot which everybody's kind of like weirding out on they're not sure of the designs because it is the original voices but the design of the Rugrats
2: yeah it looks like one of those old PlayStation Rugrat 3D Rugrat games
0: exactly Avatar the Airbender they're going to put more live sports on there We've talked about before the Star Trek shows going over. They're gonna that's also gonna be a major part of Paramount Plus. In fact, that was part of their Super Bowl advertising, including I think Star Trek New Worlds, I think is the latest show that's going to be coming on there. That's gonna be a part of Paramount Plus. And then also, what to me was most important was what they talked about for Paramount as far as their movies are concerned and the major movie IPs that they have, including A Quiet Place Part Two and Mission Impossible Seven. Both coming to Paramount Plus 45 days after its initial box office release. So I want to hear all that for you. The service here in America is going to cost, with ads, about six bucks a month. So I want to hear your thoughts on Paramount Plus as CBS All Access goes away and Paramount Plus comes in its place starting March the 4th.
2: Wait, so with ads, it's $6.
0: With ads at six dollars, that's
2: crazy because you can watch. Actually, no, it's not crazy because who about seven bucks with
0: Peacock that. is five, I think, as well.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: So that's with ads. So yeah. I
2: think that yeah, and I think that Paramount has a little more steam in the engine than a lot of these other ones do. I, yeah, I th- I could see where a streaming service under the umbrella of Paramount would be successful. I do like the idea of hitting streaming service, I guess, after theaters. I'm surprised that they didn't say. At least not not for everything, but at least for a couple big films like this will be released on Paramount Plus day one, because I guarantee you that would have gotten subscribers. You know, it worked for HBO, and I think it would have worked for Paramount. A lot of people are mad about the Halo TV show. I think that it could be a good idea, but it's not securing longtime subscribers. You know, taking something like that from Showtime and putting it on Wait, it's showtime, right? Yeah, showtime yes. and putting it's it move from
0: Showtime Plus. to Paramount Plus. Paramount
2: Plus, and putting on Paramount Plus, it's yeah, it's a great idea, but it's not going to keep subscribers. So, you know, that's where I think you have a good point with the movie offering, right? That's gonna be I think the movie offering is gonna be what maintains subscribers for longer than the, the trial period or the month that follows.
0: So you're gonna see, like I said, it's gonna be a month and a half after the initial release, yeah, before you go ahead and see it on Paramount Plus hbo max with tom and jerry i mean they had the second largest opening of the pandemic at 14 million dollars for a movie Mm -hmm. that was much maligned much criticized came out to bad reviews but you know what still has made 14 million dollars in his first weekend and it's been being released day and date on hbo max so i don't know if it's such a great idea to be delaying that much of
2: 45 days so that's what i was going to say i mean you're you're risking a lot like you're playing like this is a casino right you're risking a lot on the idea that people are going to go out to the theaters to watch mission impossible or what, what was the other one you're talking about a quiet place part a, two a quiet place and remember part of the that
0: theater. one was just days from being released before it got pulled right before really every the onset of the pandemic came on here in Ex- the
2: states exactly so a quiet place like the people that i know that have enjoyed that film i enjoyed it but the people that i know who have enjoyed it there are people they are people who are firm believers in waiting until it's safe to go to the movie theaters and i think that that's probably a majority of the audience for a film like that and you know again waiting you're gambling a lot like it could lose a lot of steam waiting that long you know putting it in theaters first and then having it like tank you know and you're you're risking a lot on that and i personally i feel like what hbo max is doing until it is officially safe to go back to the movies the hbo max model is probably going to be the best bet for at least retaining even the the minutest amount of box office revenue for something on release day
0: absolutely i mean new york just announced that it's opening up its theaters i think up to 25 percent capacity mm-hmm. yeah and then also as well other states are doing the same in kind Uh, They're seeing the numbers dip a little bit with the coronavirus number Mm -hmm. of people getting affected and deaths. And of course, immediately they're jumping on it as far as, okay, let's open up a lot of stuff. And, you know, a lot of people are happy about that. But again, that's as far as going back to the theaters, that's going to be for a lot of people, you know, a wait and see type deal. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be as soon or later that people will go ahead and start coming back. So I mean, 14, yeah. 15, 20, 25 million might be the tops you might see as far as a weekend concern for even the top names. Like, let's say Black Widow comes out. You might not see it get more than 20, 25 million on a weekend just because so many people are afraid to go to the theaters right now.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of risk going on right here. And I don't think people are going to feel safe going back to the movies, at least until holiday of next year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or at least summer uh, at the earliest of next year. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I mean, where the the vaccine stuff still fairly new. So I mean, until there's like more solid availability and more research on just how effective it is, I think that's going to really steer how people reintegrate themselves into public recreation.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, there's just one question I want to ask you as we finish off our conversation on Paramount Plus. I mean, it's coming the end of this week on march the 4th so i ask you this my friend how big of a player now do you think it will be and i feel bad because cbs all access if that's the case and they feel the need to go and just change the name and add a lot more stuff in and make it a lot more attractive what happened with cbs all access in the first place and can paramount plus get it to a level that cbs all access couldn't get it to before
2: i just feel like cbs access just didn't have enough offerings for people. Like, you look at something like HBO Max, and I know I keep talking about this, but HBO Max is is great because you have shows and movies from all over the place. You know, you have your right, your standard HBO operations, and then you have your HBO original series. And HBO now has contracts where they're getting shows from Cinemax, right? You have shows yeah. from Cinemax. You can watch things like CB Strike. You can watch things like Warriors. You can watch, uh, was it, Strike Back, I think, is the other... big show that cinemax had like there's a lot of things on there that are offered from all over the place you know they're even getting the stuff from the dc streaming service that i think is now defunct but you can watch titans and doom patrol like it just it has so much it's just it's a juggernaut of a streaming service and cbs access did not have those things you know it, it had some things but it didn't have all the things that watch your
0: is, cbs reruns there and yeah uh, there were some other things that were there like the video game documentaries that we saw right. and then there were some other things that was there the stand i know they also got mixed reviews uh, that mini series uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't do as well as they'd hoped as it came around right at the end of the year but yeah paramount plus is going to be something that a lot of people are looking forward to when cbs all access evolves into paramount plus later this week so yeah. We'll keep it up to date on whether or not it makes an imprint or a larger imprint in the streaming wars but for right now it is paramount plus to coming to everyone on march 4th what are your thoughts out there on paramount plus as it heads into existence taking the place of cbs all access on march the 4th Share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
4: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's still so much more to talk about on today's program. Let's see if we can go rapid fire for the next 10 minutes. Henry Cavill. I don't know how much longer he's going to be involved in the DC universe, but he might be involved with another universe as he was in the middle, I think, getting hair and makeup for the witcha. The witcha. Make sure you pay homage and pay some money to the witcha. But I wanted to ask you this. What he had in his hand was a description of a segment of Mass Effect 3, I think, was uh, what was mm-hmm. being read and what was, what was discovered. It was on an Instagram photo. And there were words that were blurred out, but it got unblurred. Somebody went ahead and, and unblurred it. And it had descriptions of Cerberus. It had descriptions of Tali, who's a famous character from the Mass Effect universe, and some other things that dropped hints on the Mass Effect universe that he might actually be thinking about doing, or might have signed, or might have agreed to a Mass Effect TV series or film. Yeah. So, so
2: my. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like excited to talk about this. <laughs> I guess so. I if guess. You, so. If you look at the way the script was being held, like the picture had purpose for sure. Like he was looking directly at the camera and holding the script in a way that had revealing information on it. So I definitely. I,
0: well, hold on. We're trying to inconspicuously hold my Costco
2: shopping list so that maybe
0: people try <laughs> to figure that out.
2: Yeah. I, it, so it, I think that this is not a Tom Holland slip. I think that this is a intentional, an, an intentional marketing slip here. Okay. Next thought though a Mass Effect show would be absolutely fantastic. And I think that as Henry Cavill, like if you if he shaved his head, heck yeah, he could be a great shepherd if that's the character they choose to have him play.
0: Oh, I don't think he would be anything but
2: yeah. And so that being said, I feel like a streaming show would be a lot better than a movie. The movie would be cool, but a streaming show would be more sufficient and it could create more lore in the Mass Effect universe.
0: Well, let me say this. I agree with you on that. I wouldn't have agreed with you three years ago, four yeah. years ago, because the production values and the money that these streaming services or, or broadcast networks were putting into their shows would have not made it a, a sci-fi universe like that mm-hmm. as good. But you see the, the amount of money Disney Plus and Netflix and HBO Max are putting into their series now. So yeah. I am now more confident that you could put a Mass Effect series out there. Let's say start from the Origins. You know, that would be great if they start mm-hmm. from the origins where the humans first make the discovery, then they go into the first contact wars, then you go into stories with Anderson, then you go in the stories with Shepard, you could really build a world upon that, but oh, obviously, sure. they're not going to do that, they're going to cut straight to Shepard, I think there's what that's going to it's gonna be the case, mm-hmm. and maybe do some prequels afterwards. But
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, if you look at the fact that there's a new game coming out that is yeah. featuring Shepard of, you know, whichever gender you played Shepard as. I think that this is a better route for them because I mean if you don't want to go back and play the original three games that you can kind of start at the beginning of Shepard's story and maybe have at least you know a season's worth of lore on Shepard before this new game comes out like I think that that could be a smart move
0: it's putting out your most popular product
2: most people mm-hmm. that know
0: of Mass Effect know Shepard and you wouldn't want to start from the beginnings because people would say okay what's going on what's going on if it becomes a hit then you could do all the prequel stuff that i talked yeah. about and that's usually the case like for instance with the mandalorian and now they're doing all those offshoots from the mandalorian because mm-hmm. the mandalorian has been such a big success so mass effect as a series i agree with you now is a much better concept a much better idea you can still build movies from it if it's really oh, a success yeah but i think starting as a series would be great I don't know where it's going to be. I'm assuming it would be Netflix. I remember a long time ago, I heard Legendary had the movie rights, but I don't know if they still do. So it's kind of weird who has the rights to this and all that. So hopefully this will all be cleared up very soon when an official announcement takes place. But I know a lot of people were excited about Henry
2: Cavill getting into the world of Mass Effect. So before we close this topic out, that was a thought I wanted to mention to you was the fact that like sci-fi stuff is crazy expensive like i know the lost in space series on netflix is like the reason it takes so long to come out because it's the orville yeah they're ridiculously expensive to make yeah and looking at something like mass effect like you'd have to have a budget somewhere in the neighborhood of what amazon's doing with lord of the rings to really bring that story to life and just the beauty and intrigue of that universe so i could see it being a netflix thing but i could also if legendary still owns it and legendary still has all their contracts with warner brothers i could see it being something on hbo max but then i'm curious about like the non-compete stuff if that's something in cavill's contract i don't know
0: i don't know i mean we'll see what happens but you know i think netflix i think it's going to netflix is the one that's throwing out more cash than anyone right now yeah uh, Amazon Prime could be another possibility because they they are ending a, a very successful series from the, that they picked up from Sci-Fi because Sci-Fi and Universal in a move that was very now it's a lot of, it's more curious now because The Expanse has been a pretty good hit for Amazon Prime yeah. and they're going to be ending it after next season, but this is something that would have been great on Peacock, but again that's hindsight's twenty twenty <laughs> and they decide you know I think right I, I think when they canceled they didn't have an idea that they were going to do Peacock or something like that. there was just one department not talking to the other, but that's another story again, that's that I talked irritation. about with Marcus on. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's a huge expanse fan, but needless to say, we're excited over a mass effect series mm-hmm. or movie, but most likely a series starring Henry Cavill. What are your thoughts out there as Henry Cavill could very well play the role of commander Shepard in an upcoming possible series or movie in the mass effect universe shares your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com we're continuing rapid fire let me see if we can get one more little segment in here before we go ahead and hit the half hour break and our guests mike faber from the eso network and kevin eldritch from the flopcast final fantasy 7 news was all over the place at sony's state of play final fantasy 7 getting a, a, a bump up to make it really looking good for the playstation 5 that's not a surprise and that's going to be a free update that's coming out but they also announced additional dlc i think is going to be coming for final fantasy 7 as well Mm -hmm. that's going to be coming to everybody whether or not you have a ps5 or ps4 your thoughts on final fantasy 7 getting this kind of refresh and additional uh, dlc is this something you're looking forward to as a final fantasy fan Mm -hmm
2: so i was kind of like this was it was a weird thing to end the state of play with and also i don't know about you but this has namora's name written all over it the kingdom hearts guy who directed the game final fantasy 7 Intergrade that reminds me of like kingdom hearts 2.5 or whatever it is like this has that guy's name written all over it i have a plethora of questions about this you know like the final fantasy 7 remake was exclusive to sony for a year so where does this put the Xbox version of the game? Is it still going to come out? Next question. Yes, it looks cool. And yes, I will most definitely play it. But does this mean that every time they introduce one of the characters from the Final Fantasy 7 lore, are we going to have to play their introduction through an add-on? Or is it going to be able to flow organically into the story like in the original game?
0: Yeah. We'll wait and see how that intersects with uh, the Final Fantasy 7 remake, which got a tremendous amount of success and acclaim.
2: Mm-hmm. It was a great
0: game. Yeah, it took forever to make, but you better have it be a great game. But yeah, yeah, it definitely was a a great game. A lot of people have high things to say about it. And the fact that they're expanding upon it is great news. And the fact that they're making a free PS5 upgrade is even better news. So a lot of people are very excited about that. But the rest of the state of play, which included just things that were mentioned as far as Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Deathloop, and some other games, not really any really of high nature or just really no. high profile nature. So a lot of people felt underwhelmed. Did you?
2: Yeah, I did. And, you know, again, the final fantasy seven thing was a weird one to go out on, especially since like the next day they talked about the tune, like new final fantasy seven mobile games. There's the first soldier, which is like a battle Royale and then ever crisis, which is supposed to like span the whole seven timeline. So I don't know why they didn't just do a separate final fantasy conference. As for the state of play, they they only announced a couple things that were like, uh, I guess, a world premiere type things, but Returnal looks really good. It has a like this Doom meets Silent Hill meets Resident Evil vibe to it. And I think in Dead Space, like it has, it seems really cool. I'm um, still digging
0: on Deathloop. I'm still thinking that's going to be okay.
2: So Deathloop is one of those games like I love Arcane Studios cuz I'm a I like I really enjoyed the dishonored games, but this is just something that like and maybe it's the way that they're advertising it, but I just like don't really care about it, you know? It's it has an interesting concept. It's like Groundhog Day the video game and like it's just that concept doesn't really sound like that much fun to me but then again it could come out and be awesome i don't know you know i know you're excited about it but like i just don't know at this point
0: i'm just interested i'm not excited but i'm just interested let's just clarify that i mean it's not something like what we're going to see from halo infinite or the mass effect trilogy legendary edition those games i'm excited for yeah. death loop i'm i'm intrigued by death loop but Again, it, it was really wasn't that outstanding of a state of play outside what was announced for Final Fantasy. No,
2: so. and if the fact that they I got two more things here, like one, the fact that they didn't talk about God Award all makes me believe that come like the summer gaming conferences that they're gonna make an announcement, show us like gameplay and maybe like a video for it, but it's gonna say coming out twenty twenty-two. The other thing, like Kena Bridge of Spirits, I think it's called, that game looks really cool and it's coming out at a price point of thirty nine ninety nine. So one, that leads me to believe it's going to be a short game, but it also looks really, really cool.
0: There you go. Those are our thoughts on Sony's State of Play. Did you have an interesting thought or two on Sony's State of Play? Was there any games that stuck out to you as far as what you thought worked at Sony's State of Play? Or were you, like many other people out there, underwhelmed by what Sony presented last week at Sony's State of Play? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is part two of a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame discussion with Mike Faber and Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast and also Mike Faber from the ESO Network, who got snubbed from being a nominee from this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's an annual discussion that we have, and it's usually the same individual bands and artists and groups that get snubbed each and every time out. But we'll just remind you again who we thought should be nominated and ultimately elected into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That conversation is coming up next. Plus, on the back end of the show, Josh and I are going to be talking about Pokemon Presents. They offered a couple of new interesting offerings. Also talking about the death of Anthem for BioWare and Fry's Electronics. Also, a new Superman story is being developed and could be on the way. And we're also going to be talking about WandaVision Episode 8 and what we may see in Episode 9. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
4: Video Game Boxer, the stories behind the covers in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out video game box art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. All right, now we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: It's Gerald coming right back at you here and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We honor those that have been nominated We speculate on who we think should go in. And of course, the best part of our conversation is who got snubbed once again. And with us, it's always a once again type deal. But the guys are back here. It is truly great to have them aboard. It is Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast and also Mike Faber from the ESO Network. We always talk about this list and we always see that there's one or two groups or three or four or more that are left off. And I know I have my list and I know you guys do as well. Kevin, I know you always have something interesting to talk about. In fact, you were the first one to bring this up years ago when we first started talking about this. So I don't have my Kleenex handy yet. So we'll go ahead (laughs) with that. But Mike, do you have your list of snubs this time around?
1: A couple, actually. First, I always bring up was Warren Zevon, of course. Warren Zevon is a true innovator, for rock music and also folk. And it's just the way he performed, the way he sung all throughout his career was from the heart. And most people only know him for Werewolves of London, but he had so much more. And it's just always been a shame that the Rock Hall has always stumped him throughout the years. You know, if Todd Rundgren is up there for being nominated, Warren Zevon should be also another one who I always think should up always be up there also is Weird Al Weird Al Yankovic needs to be in the Hall of Fame and when he goes in I think his whole band needs to go in with him (laughs) they don't even have a band don't forget the accordion
0: they should enshrine the accordion oh of
1: course you gotta have an accordion player in the Hall of Fame come on his first album is probably 81 also i think or 82 uh
3: yeah oh, he's qualified was... yeah oh, he yeah qualified. Oh, he's qualified for a long time yeah first yeah. his first album was 83 but he had singles even before that but yeah Do you think it's, it's the same
0: kind of mindset that we talk about every single year with a certain band from the 60s <laughs> yeah
3: definitely it, and that's yeah. The, well, the same the thing hall with the monkeys it. yeah yeah nice. yes Mon- between the monkeys and weird out and yeah the rock call takes itself too seriously and Those are both very, very deserving acts that should absolutely be in. And Weird Al, I love Weird Al. My very first concert was Weird Al. I've met him several times. I love his music. And I agree, he absolutely deserves to be in. If it were up to me, he'd be in. I don't think he's ever going to get in.
1: No. I would love to see the monkeys get in before all of them are gone, truthfully.
3: I mean, maybe they will get in someday. They, like Weird Al, I would be surprised if he ever gets in. The, the monkeys, I, I, I feel like there's still hope that maybe someday the feelings will change amongst the, the Rock Hall nominating committee. But I still don't think it's going to happen anytime soon.
1: Exactly. Well,
0: Kevin, are there any snubs on your list? Because there always is. And you always bring yeah. the around everyone else. Uh. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the, you know, we've, met, we've talked about craft work, of course, because uh, that's another perennial perennial bridesmaid
0: yes. act.
3: Uh, you know well, what? They didn't weren't even online... nominated this year. No, they, they got the year off uh, from yeah. <laughs> being nominated and then not getting in. Maybe someday. They might have to go the, the Nile Rodgers route with craftwork and just invent a special induction for them apart from the regular ballot because they just never seem to be able to come up with the votes and they definitely should be in there. It's ridiculous. I have a million names on this list, so we don't have time to go through everybody that I jotted down. You know, kind of an odd one that's been on my mind lately is, what about Cher? Such a megastar who has never been nominated. So, so Cher is someone that I think yeah. should be in. Are thinking about... Sonia
0: Cher are not in as an act? No. Oh, wow. No, no so
1: she's not in at all.
3: Yeah, I've been thinking about Cool in the Gang lately as well. What what a massive act that was for so long with so many songs that everybody knows. That's a band that should be in also. Pat Benatar was nominated last year and didn't make it. She was not on the ballot this year. I assume they just decided to give Pat the year off and make room for the Go-Go's. So uh, I still want to see Pat get back in sometime soon. If you're looking for uh, oddball picks from me, uh, another couple of names that I thought of as sort of 70s easy listening acts that I feel they're not cool and it might be a hard sell to uh, the Rock Hall people, but I was thinking about Barry Manilow. And I was thinking about the Carpenters. Ooh. Is Rod Stewart in? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, He's okay. in He's in twice. Yeah. He's, he's in uh, as Rod Stewart and also as a member of Faces.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: Oh, I'll tell you what, it's just been so interesting, a conversation as always. But I'll tell you what, Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast, Mike Faber from the ESO Network. Guys, it's been great having you on the show. Once again, talking to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Hoping our picks get in and most of all, hoping that everyone has a good chance indeed to check out what's going on with the rock and roll hall of fame, not only on the Flopcast, not only on the ESO network, but also right here on the pop culture cosmos.
4: You're listening to the pop culture cosmos
0: and we're back with the show. This is the pop culture cosmos. I want to thank so much Mike Faber from the ESO network and Kevin Eldridge from the Flopcast. I want to thank them so much for being on the show, talking the rock and roll hall of fame. plus. Thank you again to Mike for allowing us to be a great part all these years of the ESO Network. And check out all the great shows on the ESO Network whenever you can. But before we head on out, my friend, a few great stories we need to talk about. Pokemon Presents. They had two big reveals. One is The Inevitable, another remake. My gosh, what a surprise. This time it's Diamond and Pearl. Not surprised because that was such a huge success back in the day when I was running my game store. And I know how well that sold. So... I'm not surprised that they're doing a remake of it, and an open-world Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I want to hear your thoughts on, A, a remake for Diamond and Pearl, and B, this open-world new game for Pokemon.
2: Yeah, I would have loved to see one of these Pokemon games, like, end that last Nintendo Direct instead of Splatoon 3, which was kind of a weird thing to close on. This Direct, I guess, director or Pokemon Conference, whatever you want to call it, was to me was more interesting than both the Nintendo Direct and the PlayStation State of Play because this showed me stuff that like I wouldn't mind diving into. So it, it has a little more stuff that I'm interested in. Like the the I was expecting a gold and silver remake, but I guess this is more uh, this, oh, to give
0: it time. Give yeah, it I'm time.
2: Sure we'll get there. Pearl and Diamond, I never got around to playing these ones. So I'm gonna play them, especially if it's coming out to Switch and I've never played these ones before. So I would definitely get on board with this. And then the
0: open world game, Pokemon Legends Arceus. What are your thoughts on that? Oh,
2: so this is something I'm definitely excited about because I feel like it's going to bring a previous generation of gamers, like the people who grew up on Pokemon. I think that this is going to be what brings them back to the Pokemon universe because the game feels more mature, and it feels like it's you know it's something that like kids can enjoy and adults can enjoy. You know, I, I love the idea of something that takes place far in the past because there's a lot of questions that have been alluded to. Over the course of the Pokemon games. Yes, really interested in this game. It has a breath of the wild type feel to it. And I think that this is going to be appealing to a lot of gamers out there. But what are your thoughts? Is this something that you know you or your daughters would be interested in playing on the Switch at some point?
0: I know my youngest daughter will definitely look into the open world Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think that's something she's really interested in. The remakes, I'm not so sure. Yeah. But she has uh, gotten into Animal Crossing on the Switch and also the previous Pokemon major efforts like the Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. She got into that. Yeah, she was uh, very much into Let's Go Eevee. So I'm assuming that she's going to be very interested in the open world Pokemon Legends game. So I'm going to be probably getting that for her at some point for the Nintendo Switch whenever it comes out. I'm assuming it's going to be next year holiday would probably be my best guesstimation it sounded like it didn't sound like it was coming this year
2: so let me ask you one more question before we jump topics here do you think that there we're going to see at least one more remake between diamond pearls I think we're going to see another remake in between this one and that one
0: No, I think that's what their next plans are coming up. I think that we'll see gold and silver coming up after that. I think they're saving that. Uh, Yeah, I think that's something they can always go to. I mean, red and blue, gold and silver, diamond and pearl. They can always go back to these and remake these and it'll sell a ton of copies. So I think that's not a problem. I think gold and silver, if you and anyone else out there is looking forward to a gold and silver remake, your dreams probably will come true at some point. I would say, since I'm here in Vegas, the odds are in your
2: favor, <laughs> right? And you could see parts in like Sword and Shield where they they were experimenting with what they wanted to do with this game. So yeah. it's hopefully this will be what everybody wanted the last two Pokemon games to be.
0: What are your thoughts out there on what was presented at the latest Pokemon Presents? A new Diamond and Pearl remake and a new open world Pokemon Legends Arceus is on the way. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
4: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game Metropolis.
0: Well, before we head on out and before we talk WandaVision and I'll be dropping spoilers for that. So if you haven't seen WandaVision episode eight, when we get to it, just let you know, maybe you wanna pause it, watch the episode, then hit the play button again for us. I wanna talk about a new Superman story that's being developed by Bad Robot, which everybody knows is owned by J.J. Abrams. And his imprint now is getting larger and larger into the DC universe and HBO Max and all that. But this is going to be, I think, a film and not something that's going to be presented first at HBO Max or the CW. ta Coates is going to be writing it. And it will indicate, because he is black, that there most likely will lead to a black Superman coming up in the not-too-distant future. So I want to hear your thoughts on a new Superman that could be on the way. Now, that's not to say Henry Cavill will be done-done, as we joked about earlier in the show, because he could be like what Ben Affleck is going to do, be in one realm of the universe, and then they still have Robert Pattinson, and then Michael Keaton in another, and all that. So this could be something like that, where they have the CW Supermans, they could also have Henry Cavill floating around somewhere, and then they could still have this brand new african-american superman that's out there and to me i don't mind at all you know as far as what ethnic background that's fine just hoping that ta-nehisi coates the new writer can do something that hasn't been done in several years with superman is write a good story for superman you're much higher on the movies than i am on the superman front so i want to hear your thoughts on a possible new direction for superman
2: i liked Man of steel a lot more than you did I really like Henry Cavill's iteration of Superman. I, I, I do too. I'm not going to yeah. say I don't.
0: I just no, think he's no, really giving boring scripts.
2: Yeah. Really so I'm, scripts. I'm hoping that they're still going to evolve that character, and like, I hope that the Snyder cut of the Justice League is so successful that it has them paying more attention to the joined parts of the DCU.
0: I hope it revives the Justice League too.
2: I yes, yes. So I hope we see more out of Cavill. As far as like this new Superman goes, I'm totally behind this, man. Like, I can see this being great. What I don't want to happen here is to have them tell the origin story again. I don't want that. We've seen that enough, right? Just about as many times as we've seen Uncle Ben die. We don't need to see it again. Just give us something that, like, jumps into an original storyline
0: and the you know coming from krypton krypton Mm -hmm. blowing up you know that's that's been done
2: to death let's skip that and move on to something big you know what made
0: black panther work so well yeah so so that that movie works so well is because they already bring you into the world and the world is already developed
2: the world's already built it doesn't have to be limited by the fact that this is going to be an African-American Superman. Like it can literally just jump into existing lore and people would just be like, Oh, Superman's always been of this ethnic background. Like that would be a great way to like, just kind of, I don't know, mainline and uh, everybody's
0: always known him in the picture, in the movie or in the series or whatever doing, knows him and always has known him as being
2: African-American. Right. So you don't have to like, explain things you know just have this be a pre-existing world whether or not they're going to tie that into the Pattinson movie I I don't know but like I can definitely see this being a great movie if it has a great story and with someone like J.J. Abrams on board it can only go well but then again as you said before Superman's always been kind of a jinxed property so hopefully this is successful because like again they're already doing things that have never been done before you know, This is,
0: could be a way to reignite people's love and affirmation for Superman, but I don't want Henry Cavill's time under the cape to be done as
2: well. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, and, and like hopefully these can both exist, you know, and like we're seeing movies like Flashpoint kind of being the ribbon that ties things together. So hopefully yeah. that assuming this next Superman's successful and there's like a sequel or something like hopefully these versions of the hero can run in conjunction with each other.
0: What are your thoughts out there on possibly a new Superman movie on the way and that it could be a black Superman, which is a great cultural sign that things hopefully will get better with a new writer in place, obviously a new producer in J.J. Abrams. And really, this could mean some great signs for the DC universe. But we want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, two last things to hit up before we head on out, my friend, and that is WandaVision episode eight. And the reason why we put it back here on this back end of the episode, it wasn't that great, my friend. It was basically, I think TJ Johnson, who I interviewed last week on the show, said it best about episode seven. It was a table setting episode and he was excited because he thought eight and nine would be really just those knock it out of the park type episodes unfortunately episode 8 was more of a flashback episode with a lot of table setting as well so i want to hear your thoughts on episode 8
2: so i look at episode 8 the same way remember the last did you watch season 3 of daredevil like the last season they made of that show parts of it yes so there was like one it's like one and a half episodes that kind of give you backstory on karen page you know as interesting as her character was i just i don't like going backwards and that's the same thing with this new episode of wandavision i don't like going backwards you didn't really need it. You could have like wrapped all that up into maybe like three or four sentences of dialogue instead of really just like devoting 42 minutes to it. Droning on about it. And here's, here's another thing though, as, as I'm watching this episode, Agatha Hark, Hark, Harkins, Harkness, Harkness, Agatha Harkness. She's not menacing, like seeing her, like she looks like a mom in a witch's Halloween costume. Like there's so much going for it in episode seven. Yeah. Kind of like I was telling you about the sitcom stuff kind of pulled me out as, as they're trying to like switch back and forth. This episode pulled me out.
0: I don't blame you, my friend, because it did, like you said, a lot of retelling. Agatha Harkness is trying to understand how Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, obtained so much power. And she tried to find out the origins. And turns out her origins was that she was a witch all along. Her power grew exponentially mm-hmm. from experiences, the Mind Stone firsthand, yeah when she was uh, under the auspices of Hydra and her love for sitcoms back in the day, the actual bombing of Sokovia. And like you said, it just kept going in flashback after flashback after flashback. What happened in, quote unquote, last week when she was at the S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, what really happened as far as Vision's body is concerned. Yeah. And it tells you that Vision's body was cut up by S.W.O.R.D. and they're trying to dissect it and trying to rebuild a new vision out of it. And she didn't actually take the body after all. The reason why she went to Westview is because Vision had bought her a home there. They had a deed and they bought a lot. And she was so stricken and overcome by the fact that she could have had a life at Vision. That's what created the Hex in the first place is that sheer sadness and emotion, that power that came from it and emanated from it created this entire Hex in the first place.
2: Yeah, and, and seeing some of the, the backstory, at least uh, as far as like her trip into to to sword to see vision like that stuff was interesting because they did answer questions we've been wondering but uh you know my my big question here was did it all need to be done in one episode yeah i I agree they've had all these because it's going to be over the episode nine and did they could have run some of these flashbacks or whatever you want to memories through the, the course of the season instead of just feeding them to you all at once how are you feeling about pietro like they weren't really specific like is he the x-men pietro or is he is it sounds like
0: like he's not the x-men pietro it sounds like he was just evan peters playing a role i think it's just a major troll on fans is what this is we're going to find obviously out in episode nine uh, which i'm going to ask you here in a sec your thoughts on that but looks like evan peter's character is not pietro maximoff from the x-men movies And that it's just Evan Peters playing a character that suddenly magically appears as Wanda Maximoff's brother in the middle of WandaVision. And that he's actually something else, or maybe a a familiar has been suggested of Agatha Harkness, or maybe he could be the big baddie. I think Evan Peters is not the Evan Peters we remember from X-Men. So that's the, the take I have of it is. And I think it's just really a major troll for marvel upon his audience
2: yeah yeah I, I
0: don't know man i
2: you know i'm i'm still looking forward to episode nine i just this was not a strong episode for me
0: no but knowing and fine is and i are going to be talking a little bit more about it on a special wednesday episode uh, pcc extra so look forward to that on all of our podcast outlets but before we head on out my friend and before we talk anthem and fries. Any ideas on what you're looking forward to in episode nine? Because we've had a couple of lackluster episodes in both your and my opinion. What are you looking forward to in episode nine?
2: I don't know. Like, I'm looking forward to finding out, like, vision, like, what's going to happen to him? Is this his last dance in the MCU? Are the rumors of Doctor Strange showing up going to turn out to be true? How does this whole thing end with Scarlet Witch still being looked at as a hero? Like, she's kind of dug a hole for herself especially in her treatment of the sword people or is this going to end with her like being sucked into another universe you know as she's tying herself into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and then finally from what i understand there's something in this that's going to allude to falcon and winter soldier so what is that so i still have a lot of questions that i hope they can cover within the next like 45 minute episode well, there's going to be a lot
0: of questions that they will not answer that have been spread out over the course of the season. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. What happened to Agent Franklin, for goodness sakes? Yeah, the beekeeper right. Yeah, he, he's yeah. long gone. You know, He's long dusted off. There's a lot of questions that are going to be asked. For me, how is the white vision that was created by S.W.O.R.D. at the at you saw in a mid-credits scene at the end of the episode, how is this white vision that was created by S.W.O.R.D., How is he going to go ahead and face off against the Vision in the Hex, which is now a fake Vision, or just one one that was created from Wanda Maximoff's own magic? How will they face off? Will they combine? Is this the end of Vision, period? We'll find out. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to most, because if this is the end of Paul Bettany's tenure as Vision, I'm very sad to see him go.
2: I I think He's one of the greatest parts of
0: that universe. Yeah, and I'll be sad to see if it finally comes to an end. But what are your thoughts out there on Episode 8 and Episode 9 of WandaVision? What are you looking forward to this Friday on WandaVision? And what were your thoughts on this table setting, as my good friend TJ Johnson said, this table setting Episode 8? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. Please check out the latest Super B.S. Gamescast that Josh did just now, I think, with uh, who was on it?
2: Brank, Brian Wegner.
0: Okay, sounds good. I know you just uploaded one to YouTube as well. I saw that.
2: Yeah, just trying to catch up. You know, I haven't been updating the old YouTube page very much. So I'm just trying to get everything current.
0: All right. Well, it sounds good. Please check out the Super B.S. Gamescast on all social media, wherever you check out your podcasts. But before we head on out, my friend, we pay final respects to two things in pop culture, which we hold dear. One of which is Bioware and EA. EA telling Bioware to pull the plug on Anthem. Anthem was going to go under a redesign and some things that were going to be added in there. But I guess due to the almighty dollar and EA not wanting to spend that dollar, they cut that out. They also cut out the multiplayer option for the upcoming Dragon Age game and cut that out. Because they just want them to focus right now squarely on the new Mass Effect and Dragon Age games, but they're cutting some things out of the Dragon Age game, which I found concerning. But your thoughts on Bioware finally cutting the cord on Anthem?
2: It was bound to happen. They had all this cool stuff they're talking about for so long, but I just I don't think that with you know Dragon Age four coming out and a new Mass Effect in the works, I just I don't think that they had the manpower for such a massive reboot of this game. What I did really like about what EA had said was that they are stepping back as far as like creative control of these games. Star Wars, Bioware, they're stepping back and letting these studios actually have more creative control over that because they saw how it affected Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This makes me excited. I know it's sad about Anthem dying, but it just makes me excited about the future with like Bioware, Dragon Age, and... Mass Effect, not really bummed about the Dragon Age multiplayer being cut just because it seems like those resources could be better put to use in the single player campaign. I feel good about like where it's going. You know, I just hope that they make something true to what the fans of these games want. And yeah, it's disappointing because Anthem had such high hopes at first, but maybe this is for the best.
0: Maybe it is for the best. I'm kind of disappointed, though, on the multiplayer option on Dragon Age being cut because of the fact I would have loved to have done a co-op adventure in that universe, in that realm of Dragon Age. I would have really jumped at the chance for that because that's what I'm kind of looking for. But before we head on out, my friend, US electronics retailer Fry's Electronics, pretty much in the middle of the night, called it quits. And that really became a surprise to a lot of people. For some like me who actually saw Fry's Electronics in the waning months and days, and had been to them saw that they had these huge warehouses and very little merchandise and stock left so you could see the end coming from it and i actually told my daughter that last time we were in there here at the las vegas store that is now closed i want to hear your thoughts and if you had any memories of Fry's electronics before we head on out
2: so you could tell not even just recently but like in the past couple years that There was something happening like they were in transition and whether that was to go to like more online stuff or more digital, whatever it might be that you could tell there was something in the works. And then it just never quite materialized because even back when I was in California, they had a fries on Fountain Valley that I, I would always go to. And every time I went in there, like their selection of physical games and physical movies, just physical media slowly started dwindling more and more. Same thing with like their selection of big electronics, right? Like they actually put in like three or four aisles of toys. And so like that was kind of like the big signifier for me too. And this was also a place where you can go to like pick up your own computer parts. You know, you could they have aisles and aisles where you could build your own computers. You just buy all the pieces you need and they stopped getting higher end pieces in. And there's just the selection just kept getting smaller and smaller. So you could tell that this was something that has been happening for a while and i don't know if they were trying to like transition to something again or if they're just kind of fading out but it's sad so I, as far as like memories go you know i know the one in las vegas was like five times bigger than the one out you know yes. in california that i would go to i remember driving by we were, had
0: the slot machine in front as yeah the slot machine display
2: i was that a convention we were doing Level up, oh, level up.
0: Level up. Level yeah,
2: up. Yeah. So we were doing that. And I remember we had walked this trip for my first time. J- Big Dog and Chad had already done it. And I was just like, I don't have any desire to ever do that again. Like it is just so crowded and such a long walk, man. So we, we finally got tired and we called an Uber and the Uber was taking us back down to uh, the hotel, the El Cortez. And we were driving back and I remember seeing off the side of the freeway that Fry's was like almost brighter than the casinos. Like it was such a massive building. Yes. And so I imagine that just had so much stuff in it at one point.
0: Well, I can tell you this. I used to actually uh, be a sales representative, not working for Fry's, but Sony. Okay. Uh, And I used to be there just to pitch PlayStation 3s back at the time. And, And this was around 2010, 2011. And at the time, you could probably say if Costco was just electronics,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it would have been fries back in the heyday because they would just have pallets full of stuff. And I remember I was one of the top salespeople in the nation just because the fact that, yes, it was such a high profile store and the fact that it had so much volume and there'd be pallets of PlayStation 3s put in there. And I would just tell people, boom, boom, this is what you want. Boom, boom, this is what you want. This, And then we would just go flying off the shelves. Yeah, it was just a great experience for yeah. me. Being in that environment, they used to have a cafe, a restaurant in the middle of the store. They used to have a grand piano and it used to be, I think, electronic play by itself, but you could also play it as well. And then they used to have PlayStation, had a big demonstration station and things of that nature. Yes, they used to have real good consumer support, whether it's a computer part, whether it's a computer game, computer program, stereos, television, big screens, audio equipment. It was all there under one roof.
2: Yeah. I remember being a kid, like the one that we went to had like fountains and stuff in the middle of it. And I remember I bought Spyro the Dragon on PlayStation one there, like been saving up money for a long time. I used to love going into that store because they had so many things in there. Yeah.
0: Somewhere in Southern California, one of the stores has a UFO crashing in front of it.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like the, so, so many good memories and fries and just, you know, in the past couple of years, it kind of been a, a frail shadow of what they used to be it it is sad to see it go but they were already slowly moving towards their own demise i think
0: what are your thoughts out there on as josh said at best the demise and ultimate ending of anthem and also Fry's electronics we want to hear your thoughts Popculturecosmos cosmos at yahoo.com Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. A lot of topics we had to cover. We did on the Friday show as well. So I hope you give that one a check out as well. But my friend, it's always great to have you here. And we will keep you up to date on the latest news and trends. Always right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.